Welcome to the Building Wealth Through Commercial Real Estate Podcast, where we will discuss with industry experts on how to create wealth and build passive income from apartment buildings, self-storage, mobile home parks, and much more. Here is your host, Jonathan Way. Welcome to the Building Wealth Through Commercial Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Way, and I'm the founder of Grayson Capital Group, my investment firm. If you're interested in passively investing with us, please visit graystonecapgroup.com and join our investor network. Okay, and now on to the show. Hello, uh, Stuart. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. Stuart Beal is a serial entrepreneur who brings experience, uh, experience in management, marketing, leadership abilities to any project. He has been actively involved in real estate, construction, acquisition, development, management since 1997. When he was 19 years old, Stuart founded Beals Properties LLC and has since founded 20 other companies in real estate and construction industry since. Beal Properties has purchased more than 100 properties in the past 17 years in uh, Michigan and Ohio area um, and currently manages over 3,000 apartment units, office spaces, single-family homes. Beal Property currently employs more than 60 team members in Michigan and Ohio. Stuart is a founding member of Watermark's partners, a set of real estate funds that raise and deploy more than $100 million in equity, closed more than 150 real estate transactions, acquired more than 6,000 apartments in the past five years. So that's a great background, Stuart. Uh, welcome. Thank you for coming on the show. Yeah, thank you very much. So can you tell us about uh, when you're very young, when you're 19 years old, and how you got started into multifamily? Yeah, so my career actually started uh, when I was 13 years old. I started a lawn care business. Uh, just mowing your neighbor's lawn, you know, my neighbor's lawns. Uh, then when I got my driver's license, it branched out into a, an actual company. I uh, started hiring uh, my friends. Um, and then when I was 19, I actually had 400 customers at the time. And I sold the business to my partner for $250,000. And the deal was I got 50000 on the date of the transaction and then got the rest over time. And so what I did with the 50000 is I... Uh, purchased a five-unit apartment building across the street from Eastern Michigan University Business School, where I was attending. And it was a five-unit. There were four apartments that were occupied, and there was one that was empty. So I did kind of a supercharged house hack, where I lived in the fifth unit and managed the building and uh, fixed the property up over time. And that was in 2002. Uh, I paid $262,000 for the property, borrowed uh, about $212,000, and invested about uh, $50,000 into that uh, deal. Uh, real estate prices at the time were uh, quite high for the area. We were at kind of like a peak. Uh, so the first deal I did was pretty tight, but I actually still own the property today, uh, and it's a good property still today. Okay, wow. That's amazing how you were so young and so ambitious. You're an entrepreneur. You started a lawn mowing business, landscaping business, and you went into real estate. That's fairly, fairly amazing, Stuart. I really like your background. Thank so you. tell us, how do you go into from being 19 years old into buying your, I guess, your big multifamily, your first multifamily complex? Yeah. So uh, when I was growing up, I, my family is involved in business. My father and uncle owned a construction company and my mom was an attorney. So I had a good base of uh, knowledge and bouncing ideas off people and they got me interested in business. I'm not sure it was them that got me interested in business, but I just got interested in business and they really supported that. So through my teen years, I read uh, every single business magazine that was published every single month, basically from cover to cover. And that got me 
really exposed to a whole bunch of industries and I really just was interested in real estate most. Um, and so I saw, I, you know, I started asking around, I started looking at deals and this um, five unit came up and it was just kind of, uh, it could have, it could have been anywhere, um, but it just so happened it was directly across the street from where I was going to school. Um, and so it was just like a perfect match. Uh, I could, you know, I, I could have ended up anywhere really to, to buy the first deal, but I ended up right across the street. Oh, okay, great, great. Now, afterwards you bought it and how old were you? 19 years old? Was that how old you were? Yeah, I was 19. Yep. Okay. And then you went into another property, 30 units, 30 units. Was that correct? Yeah. So I, I bought the five unit and then uh, I started looking around for additional properties uh, about two years later. And there was a 30 unit apartment complex uh, just down the road, about three miles down the same road uh, that became that, that came up for sale. And I was reading the Ann Arbor news and back then, people would sell uh, real estate in the classified sections of the newspaper. I kind of find that hard to believe now. But I was reading the Ann Arbor News, and I just saw that there was a 30-unit for sale for $600,000. And, I, you know, without running a performa, without investigating, I, I just immediately recognized that as a, a really good deal. And so I called uh, the, the seller um, and met with him that day uh, to start working on that transaction. Oh, okay, great, great. And were you scared, nervous? Because it's much, it's a thirty-unit deal. It's much larger than a five-unit. It's more commercial, not. It's more like commercial, more larger commercial apartments. Yeah. So on that on that deal, uh, I had my uh, father and mother as investors. Uh, it required uh, more equity than I had at the time. Uh, certainly, I was just starting out, and so I brought them in as investors and they definitely helped a lot to get over those, uh, those fears. Um, and then I was also working with a lender that I really trusted. Um, and the, you know, that I had developed a relationship with and then the seller, uh, he had owned the property for 30 years and he was actually really good at helping close the transaction as well. Um, but you know, it, it was a really good deal, but a lot of really good deals mean, they're really not that good of deals. It's, it, it, it's a full-time job what you're signing up for. And so basically managing that 30 unit apartment complex in the first six months was a full-time job. I was there all day, every day. Um, there were so many problems that we had to deal with, uh, you know, pest control problems, maintenance problems. And so, yes, it was a good deal, uh, but it was a, a big learning curve, uh, you know, day one. And did you have any mentor or you just went in by yourself with no knowledge? You just go in there and just, just did it yourself. Yeah. So uh, my mentors would be my parents. Um, and uh, certainly my father visited that property many times so I could ask him things, what he thought. He was a construction contractor. Okay. And then my uh, mom, who is an attorney, uh, she certainly helped with, you know, like, okay, well, let's write our first lease. Let's, uh, make sure our loan documents are in order, you know, everything a lawyer would do, uh, she helped, helped me with. And she was a partner in the deal. So, uh, I didn't have to pay her hourly <laughs> like you might have to. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, so that, that was a, a major starting point, um, mm -hmm. in real estate. And that was when you started Beals, Beals property. Was that that first 30 unit? Yeah. Correct. Yep. Okay. Yep. And then I, and then I immediately bought a, uh, 
a historic building in downtown Ypsilanti that we renovated. So we, within the first two years, had acquired three properties. Okay. Okay. And how did you do that? Did you get from your parents more capital or how did you raise the capital? Yeah. So by, by then, uh, by then things were cash flowing and I was making money working. Uh, so I never had to uh, raise capital ever again uh, until 15 years later when we started raising some serious money. Uh, so basically what I did was uh, I bought the five unit. I bought the uh, 30 unit. I bought the building downtown and then just bought a, a property a year, basically. So, you know, one in 2005, one in 2006, one in 2007. And then in 2008, the foreclosure crisis uh, hit uh, in Ypsilanti uh, was a really hard hit city. Uh, Ypsilanti, Michigan was a really hard hit city in the foreclosure crisis. And so properties came on the market so incredibly cheap that to, to buy them didn't actually cost very much money. And I was able to recycle the same money over and over again by uh, using the, the Burr method, basically, um, where you buy a property with cash, you fix it up with cash, you rent it, and then once a tenant moves in, do a cash out refinance and keep rolling the same money uh, over and over again. And through the, through the foreclosure crisis, I did that about 35 times. Oh, wow. So you took advantage of leverage of the Burr method, which is bigger pockets talk about the Burr method. Okay. Yeah. Okay, great. That's wonderful. You use your advantage. You use, you're very skilled at that. And you're at a very young age. That's wonderful how you build your empire through, through that mechanism. Wonderful. I really love these stories. And I think you talked about how you sleep at night at the first 30 units where you had to watch them and making sure, you know, there's no drug dealers or something. Um, making sure that there was no, like, you know, crime. You had to go... You know, it's a lot of sweat equity. That's what it seemed like because, you know, yeah, like pest issues, you probably had drug dealers. You probably had like, you know, you know, Lord knows you had a whole bunch of things going in that building. So tell us a little more about that experience. Yeah. So when I bought the 30 unit, I was uh, 21. I didn't have uh, children. I was working uh, seven days a week, uh, 12, 14 hours a day. And one of the major things I was working on was this 30 unit uh, apartment complex and it was a full-time job for sure. Uh, I was the, you know, the security guard, the mental counselor, the leasing agent, the property manager, the maintenance guy, the pest control guy. Um, and it had a lot of uh, crime problems. The property was known as a, a place where people could come and, and do you know, cr crime. And so I would just constantly have to be saying, hey, uh, I, I, what, you know, what's your name? And, and uh, they would say their name and I would say, okay, you don't live here. Uh, you have no business being here, please leave. And I would do that, you know, a couple hundred times a week. And at one point it got so bad that I started sleeping in my car there. Uh, and basically what I did, the property has one entrance that you can drive a car in. And so what I would do is I would, I would block the entrance of my car and only let residents into the complex. Uh, so when someone pulled into the complex, I would, uh, they would see that they couldn't get in. They would kind of creep up, uh, and I would jump out of the car and I would ask them who they were, you know, what unit they lived in. And by then I knew everyone. So, um, you know, I, I would, I would say, okay, well, you know, what are you doing here? What, why are you coming into the property? And most of the time, and, uh, they would actually just leave right away, <clears throat> you know, because if, if, uh, if you're shining a bright light on a, a problem, you know, everything just kind of, the, the problem goes away, you know, 
And so I did that for a couple of months and, and then the, the problems kind of died down. The, they must have gone somewhere else to do what they were wow. doing. Wow. That's, that's, that's a lot of, that's what hustling, hustling at a young age. So <laughs> you're hustling. That's, that's, I mean, I wouldn't do that, but that, that's, that's amazing though. That's great. That's right. great. Um, so how did you deal with the pest control issue? Did you go do it yourself and buy Home Depot, buy some tools and just some spray and do it yourself? Yeah. So pest, con- pest control companies are incentivized to actually not resolve your problem, right? Because if they don't resolve your problem, you need to keep paying them and have them keep coming to the property. I hired about five or six different pest control companies and fired five or six different pest control companies because they just wouldn't resolve the problem. And, and so what I did is I went in there and I killed every single pest uh, myself eventually. And, and basically it, the, the, the problem, the bed bugs didn't exist back then. Uh, and so what, what we're talking about is roaches and there were co- a major cockroach infestation in the building. And so what I did is I uh, took a shop vac and uh, the products you can buy over the counter at Lowe's and Home Depot and set them off in there over and over and over and over again every single day until there, there uh, was no more roaches in the entire building. And you just suck them up with a shop vac over and over again. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. Amazing. Excellent. 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 I like that. I really like that. So, so you use your own capital and you're very smart. You use leverage, the bird method from your own existing properties. Equity went up, you pulled money out and you get cash and you reinvest in the next property. So you got, that's how you get bigger and bigger. So when did you start syndication? When did you start that? Yeah. So in the foreclosure crisis, uh, so the foreclosure crisis lasted over five years in the city of Solani. And towards the end, I uh, ran out of cash uh, because I was no longer able to uh, recycle the same money. Um, it got trapped behind me, so to speak. So the equity got trapped in the last deals that I did. And I kept seeing deals, but I didn't have the cash to uh, take advantage of them. So what I started to do before like an official syndication, I started to just ask around to family and friends. And I put together about 10 limited li- limited liability companies that bought single properties where I would invest a little bit of the money. And I also became a real estate broker. Uh, and so I would make money on the transactions and use that to invest in the deal. So I did a couple of deals where I didn't invest any money myself. Uh, I earned money on the transaction and then invested that money in the deal. Um, and we own all those properties today and we're using the you know supercharged Burr method again to uh, continue to take advantage of the buildings going up in value and doing cash out refinances and then purchasing other properties. And you got your license as CCIM, is that commercial real estate license? Uh, so uh, that, that is a, that, that's a license you can get. I don't have that. I'm a state of Michigan uh, real estate broker and it, it's, a, it's a license that you get through the, it's called LARA. Um, okay. And you take a class, uh, you take a class and uh, you have to have a certain amount of real estate transactions under your belt in order to get a real estate broker's license. But they count transactions that you do on your own accord. So even though I wasn't doing them with others, I was able to get a real estate broker's license with that. Okay, because where, where I'm from, New Jersey, you have a residential real estate license, which is not that difficult to take, and you become a resident real estate agent. You could buy, get commission on homes. But I think commercial is different. You need a special license for commercial properties. Yeah, that's, yep, that's, the, yeah. Same thing, uh, that's the same thing in the state of Michigan. In the state of Michigan, you can become a realtor and work for a broker quite easily. If you want to become a broker, you have to be a realtor first 
or do what I did and do a bunch of uh, real estate transactions and then use that experience to convince the state to grant you a license. So you become a broker. Okay. But yeah. can you, can you actually sell commercial properties or no, only residential? Uh, so the state of Michigan, a broker can sell any type of real estate. So you have the, the state of Michigan. So yeah. you have the flexibility where there's no, there's no bifurcation commercial and versus residential. No, not, not in the state of Michigan. It, it, it might be different. I know every state is slightly different. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, great, great. Um, so what advice would you give others who's inspired by your story that you hustled at a young age um, and you did fairly well for yourself? And what would you give advice to our audience? Yeah, so I get contacted uh, by investors a lot of times who want to start in real estate but they don't really want to do anything besides just put the money up and, and think it's going to happen for them. And so my advice is you have to play an active role in at least a couple of the different roles to make the transaction uh, successful. So uh, I just got off the phone with a guy uh, who lives in California. He wants to buy a property in the city of Toledo, uh, but he doesn't want to come to the city of Toledo to do the transaction. He wants to try to like put together a team. And what I said is, you know, no, it, it doesn't work that way. You have to come here. You have to walk the property. You have to be the property manager. You have to be the contractor. You have to be the, the person running the numbers. You have to go get the insurance. You have to get the loan. Um, and you, you got to do a lot of the work for yourself in the beginning. Um, and that's how you build sweat equity in these properties. Um, and that's how, that's how you can make this work. Because if you, if you try to hire everyone to do everything, you're not going to make any money. Um, because a lot of this stuff, a lot of this stuff in the beginning, all you're doing is paying yourself to do work. You, there's no magic recipe in this in the beginning. And so, you know, yeah, you can go hire a contractor and pay him 50 bucks an hour, but then you're not going to have any money. Well, you do the work in the beginning and uh, hire the contractors after you got 10 properties under your belt. You know right, what I mean? Right, right. Cause it's very expensive to hire people and maybe you can't fully trust them. They may do a bad job and they right. may leave halfway. And pest control is very hard to so get bed bugs and, you know, it's really hard to get yeah. them, get them right, you know? Um, yeah. And I mean, if you're not a, if you're not a hands-on person, uh, if you're not a hands-on person, that's fine. I wasn't a hands-on person. What I did in the beginning is I hired a, a maintenance person to do the hands-on stuff that I didn't know how to do, but I worked right alongside of him. And so, uh, you know, it, it's kind of weird. Like I was the pro owner of the property but I was the guy doing the, the demolition and I was the guy going to get the ladder out of the truck and giving it to uh -huh. the skilled guy. Um, but that, that, that kept him working hard and that allowed me to build sweat equity in, in the properties as I was acquiring them. Yeah, no, I think that's a fantastic way. If you, if you have the strength and if you're, you know, you know, a younger person, I think if you're an older person, it'd be more harder to, to, to do that. And that's yeah, great. So don't, yeah. yeah. So let's say, let's say you're an older person. Don't, uh, don't, don't play the role of the demolition labor, play another role, be the property manager or be the person who is getting the bank loan. Uh, instead of paying a broker to get a bank loan, you be the person to get the bank loan. I mean, there's lots of roles to play, but you've got to play at least a couple of them uh, in the beginning. And I find one of the hardest roles is asset management, meaning managing the asset and making sure it hits where you want to hit into your financial performance. And that's yep. very difficult because that is if you, you know, as you know, it could be like, you know, you have, you know, COVID-19 in a situation, right? And you lost the jobs. Right. And your collection is like, going, it's going to dwindle, you know? So, yeah. so it's, a, it's a very difficult situation, an eviction moratorium, right? You can't evict people under the CDC rules, right? That's correct. So it's, it's a little challenging for owners like us because they could say, hey, 
I'm just really COVID-19. I can't pay you the rent, right? So it's, it's a little difficult, right? So, so how do you, you experience that in, in your world in Michigan? Yeah, so uh, Michigan was one of the early uh, hard-hit states, uh, and I live near Detroit, uh, where we had a serious, very serious problem uh, in March and April. Um, what we did is we uh, just worked really closely with our residents. Uh, we uh, stopped increasing rent. We stopped charging late fees. Uh, we uh, made payment plans. We worked with everyone really carefully to make sure uh, no one got evicted who was trying to uh, pay the rent. And uh, we worked with some of our commercial tenants. And then we also worked with our lenders. So uh, our lenders uh, allowed our loans to go interest only for a period of time, uh, which, uh, which we were able to then use, you know, the, that cash flow to uh, weather the storm for the most part. Of course, the storm isn't over, but, um, you know, it was a lot, a lot of hard work. Uh, on the on the employee side, that was also very difficult. We had people that uh, became sick. We had people that lost their childcare because the schools closed, and so it was a very uh, frightening time there at the beginning. Um, I, I certainly thought many days that we were going to lose everything um, and it was all going to be over. Um, but but just a lot of hard work. I mean, yeah, a lot of yeah. hard work. So, so how's your collections right now? Is it like <clears throat> is it like fifteen percent from you know non collection bad debt? Is it high numbers or well? Well, our collections have been uh, quite good. And now that there's an eviction moratorium, the state of Michigan has had what's called a, the Michigan um, Eviction Diversion Program, which uh, if you file an eviction on someone right now, they're, not, they're likely not going to get evicted. Likely the judge is going to put them in what's called the Eviction Diversion Program. And the state of Michigan is actually going to pay 90% of their rent, which is a good deal for the landlord. Uh, the, you don't have to turn the apartment. Um, you don't you don't get the bad debt. Um, so we're, we're entering into those agreements. And so we think through the end of the year, there's actually going to be very few, few people that actually do get evicted because number one, the collections aren't as bad as you might think. And two, the eviction diversion program will uh, assist people. Wow. That's a great, that's a great program where I think in the markets I'm in, they don't have that kind of program. They don't, they say won't pay for you. Won't pay for the rents. Yeah. The state, the state will pay, uh, the state will pay 90% of the back rent up to $3,000 essentially. And so as long as you're on top of it, it's working out for most people. And, and hopefully people will uh, allow, that will allow them to get back on track. I mean, we don't want to do this program and then have to uh, end their tenancy later. Hopefully they'll get back on track and be great residents for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. I hope, hope, hope it works out. Hope we get, hope this goes away COVID-19 and, um, so we don't have this kind of facing our owner as an issue for moratorium. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Great. Well, wonderful. Um, how people can reach you, Stuart? Oh uh, yeah. So you can go to beal-capital.com and my email address is sbeal at gobeal.com. They can also check out gobeal.com, which is our uh, property management website. That's g-o-b-e-a-l.com. And uh, yeah, I'd love anyone to shoot me an email. Uh, I like looking at deals with people. I like chatting about real estate. And then we're also looking for investors. Uh, we have what's called Beal Capital, and we've launched a fund called Beal Fund One, where we are raising two and a half million dollars to invest in multifamily real estate. We've raised $800,000 in the past couple of months, and we've acquired two properties, a 14 unit in Toledo, Ohio, 
and a 37 unit in Dundee, Michigan, which is near uh, where I live. And we're in contract to purchase a 60 unit in Monroe, Michigan. And then I'm in negotiation uh, to purchase 100 apartments in Ypsilanti. And that would wrap up that fund. Uh, that would use up that $2.5 million that we're raising. And so if anyone that's listening to this would like to get involved, uh, shoot me an email. And we're selling shares of $25,000 each. Uh, you yeah. do have to be uh, an accredited investor okay. uh, and you can, go you know, you can Google that term and uh, analyze what that means for yourself. But basically in short, uh, you have to have a net worth of a million dollars, excluding the equity in your personal residence in order to invest in uh, my real estate fund. Yes. Okay. Well, excellent. Wonderful. Thank you very much, Stuart. Thank you for my show. Thank you. Thanks for listening. For more information, you can find us online at www.graystonecapgroup.com. Check back weekly for new episodes. See you again next time.